2: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the audio road trip with no breaks today we are stopping at the, the primordial etiquette of costume Disney characters. I'm Jacob here with Zach
1: I can't wait this was yeah. so we teased this on the last episode. This mm-hmm. is something that you came to me with and you said you didn't even remember telling me, which no is I don't very funny.
2: I think this is something I've probably told a lot of people of <laughs> I I, okay, so let me jog my memory. Also, I want to say we have a whole list of topics. And I don't know what half of the upcoming ones mean. Or no. why I said them. I think the mysterious one that we have is still punching up with Chuck. I have no clue what that one means. But we'll get to that on a different episode. I think I know what it is. I digress. The primordial etiquette of costume Disney characters. I think the root of this was just talking about how fascinated I am about how certain Disney characters are told to act. Right, the, b- the behavior. Yeah, yeah. That's,
1: so what it was was I remember, and I I distinctly remember you telling me your experience. Is it about Minnie Mouse? It was about Minnie Mouse, a little, little hussy. Yeah, little little trollop, uh, openly <laughs> flirting with you in front of her husband at mm-hmm. Disney World, and you were like, "I don't know what to do with this."
2: Like, look, I try not to be a messy person, and I just really want to stay in my own lane here. And Minnie is pulling sure. me into the drama. And I'll be honest, I'm not too keen on that. I will say I was in Toontown, so I should have <laughs> seen it coming. But sure? you walk up to the neighborhood and Mickey and Minnie have separate houses. And I'm not one to assume, but I didn't think taking a pit stop in Minnie's domain would have led to such of such a siren call, you know? Wait,
1: they have different houses?
2: Uh-huh. There's oh, trouble in paradise, weird. my friend.
1: Dude, it's a separation is what it yeah. is. They're probably still legally married. You think it's like loveless? Like they're married, but like it's for the money because he's very powerful.
2: It's He's very powerful. And I would say his brand heavily attaches to Minnie Mouse. Okay. So sure. He's like a politician. Imagine. Imagine if it came out that like Disney characters, these fictional characters, Mickey and Minnie are getting a divorce. <gasps> yeah. What would that look like?
1: Oh, dude, that would be so sad. What would they like? Does Mickey get like a rebound? <laughs> Mickey. starts Oh, my God. Up with, like, I think. Oh, dude. I
2: think Mickey is a little bit of a problem. And with power and money, I think he can do a lot of things. I would not be surprised if he starts sabotaging and hitting up Daisy Duck and ruining his oh, yeah. friendships that he has. He's just nothing scarier in the world than a single male.
1: Oh, Mickey, look at yourself. Donald's your best friend. How could you do this? Get a hold of yourself, Michael.
2: I I don't, I can't imagine this topic going too much further. But <laughs> I, I, I do think it was shocking that like Minnie's whole character, she's supposed to flirt with you and like kind of like blow kisses at you and everything. Because yeah. I don't think that's such a good role model on a relationship that I'm going to assume is monogamous. And that could be on me for assuming, you know?
1: Yeah, we don't know. We don't yeah, know they what could, happens in the It could their, be swingers. Well, so the other direction that we were talking about is like, it's kind of interesting how there's this whole separation between the costume characters and what they call face characters, who are the yeah. people who don't need to be
2: in costume. So like princesses, pretty much anyone from like animated movies that aren't like, you know,
1: cartoon characters, you know, kind of. Yeah.
2: I think the most terrifying costume characters are the ones that should be faced characters. Like the Incredibles.
1: Mm, yeah. Yeah. I never thought of that. That's true.
2: You like you could. I look. OK, so they have like Mr. Incredible. They need him to be a big, massive man. So sure, they like yeah. have a costume there. But like you could just put like peck pads in like a, a an Incredibles costume. Yeah. But there's no reason for Mrs. Incredible to look the way she does. You can just give someone that that haircut and it's fine.
1: That's a good point. Yeah, I, I never really made that distinction. I was at, so when, uh, when dad, when all and I were at, uh, it's about to say dash docs, when Altrave and I were at Disneyland the other day, I was talking about how like at the Marvel park in universal, the yeah. characters are like costumes. So like captain America is a big costume. It's like, uh-huh. you know, it's like a spirit Halloween thing. But if you go to the Disney version, they're all like people. Just dressed yeah. up like that. So it's like the same kind of thing where it's like, that's just a person. You don't need to, like, have this whole cartoonish thing, you know? Mm-hmm. That's, that's kind of an interesting split, especially when, like, they have to add personalities because, like, a few years ago, there was a whole, like, <laughs> there was a whole controversy because they're, the, the Gaston guy at Disney World was, like, a huge prick and would do, like, push-up that's contests. That's his job. Yeah. Yeah, but like, if the Gaston guy starts hitting on my wife, and I'm a couple pints in, like, I don't know <laughs> if I'm thinking clearly. You know what I mean?
2: Like, back off. You know. <laughs> I love the reality of you tanked at Disney World. Well, I mean, they sell it there. You know, they I, had no, it I know, I know, I know. But yeah, I think the Gaston. I think they probably walk the most dangerous line because they need to hit on the floozies, right? <laughs> and uh, no offense to Mal or anything, but. In the eyes of Gaston, you know. Oh,
1: every woman's a floozy.
2: Yeah. Yep.
1: It, it's a, I, it, is a, it is a thing to be conquered.
2: I think Gaston, the actor behind Gaston, has to make constant judgment calls, which is something <laughs> I cannot say for the costumed Mickey Mouse. <laughs> I, I think. What's
1: the biggest decision Mickey Mouse has to make? in any given day.
2: It's, it's minuscule. Yeah. It's so small. It's like, does he put his left or right hand over his mouth when he laughs?
1: Right. Yeah. Meanwhile, like the Gaston <laughs> is putting his life on the goddamn line. Yeah. yeah Every
2: word he says. Gaston is like, I need to hit on this woman, but which woman? Cause she's like, I think <laughs> you have to make a lot of like intense judgment calls of like, you might throw a couple feelers out there, you know, sure, yeah. to see how like, The partner might react or, you know, if it's a group of like three women on like a bachelorette party, I feel like that's the target, you know, because they're all like flirt back or whatever, because they know, oh, it's in character. But like, I cannot imagine being an insecure guy who's like, my wife is flirting with Gaston again, isn't she?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Why don't you just go marry him? Move to France.
2: I'm going to tell this guy what's what. But That's funny. (laughs) Yeah, I think I think it's some just judgment calls. I think that's the word I keep coming back to is that Gaston needs to be very aware of these social dynamics of how they will interact with there how, how people be, will respond
1: yeah there have to be instances where it's gone south but like I feel like you never hear about them like Mm-mm. everybody has those things where like everybody had the the fantasy of beating up Chuck E. Cheese right he's like he shows sure. up like, Barney <laughs> sure had the same did, thing yeah.
2: like, I mean I want to beat that man with hammers but go yeah. on yeah
1: <laughs> Like Barney had the same shit. It was like beating up Barney was like like the the fantasy of every middle school kid. Because yeah, it was a punchline. Yeah, exactly. And it's like that's that, that's something that they have to deal with every day. They go into their costumes, and every day they have to watch for danger at all points.
2: That's I mean, scary, I'm dude. sure people have like thrown hooks at, at Mickey Mouse before, but I gotta imagine that costume really protects you from a lot of the injuries.
1: It's got to be thick. Yeah. yeah.
2: They've thought this out. There are people who just want to throw hands at Minnie Mouse just because it'd be a good story to tell. And <laughs> I'm not condoning it, but I think you, in this position, you got to prepare for the worst, right?
0: Yeah. I know it, that you have yeah.
2: security at the front of Disneyland. So it's not like anything crazy is going to happen. But, you know, people are dangerous just unarmed.
1: Yeah. I mean, you'll get kicked out, but I feel like. It, the, the cost of actually going into the park is the deterrent, right? Cause yeah. like you're not spending 200 bucks to get kicked out because you, you punched Minnie in the face. You know what I mean? Like, uh-huh. It's a big day for you, I guess, unless you live in Florida, uh, yeah. which is probably more likely because Florida <laughs> residents are, you know, they're a little unhinged.
2: I, I think the other thing with, with that whole philosophy is that I think Gaston is definitely the most potent for injury because sure. I think it's exactly the scenario you, pa- you painted, whereas if yeah. someone is a few pints in and Gaston is macking on their honey, I think someone might throw a hand at this fictional Disney asshole.
1: Yeah, you, you, who is like Trent pretending to be Gaston and Trent just uh, catches yeah. a, a, a fist to the jaw.
2: Like I have to assume that the reverse of that is very true because I assume a lot of guys are very... Oh. Disgusting to like Ariel, right?
1: Yeah, but none of them invite it. Like none of the princesses are out. No, no, no. Like, that's that's what I'm
2: saying. Yeah, it's like the same concept of insecure guys, but let's flip the script.
1: Exactly. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It's whereas, just as
1: bad, but in the other way. Yeah. I mean,
2: uh, I understand. Okay. Okay. I I can see how it's funny to be flirty with the Disney princess. Yeah. But you have to realize how many other people also think it's funny to be flirty with the Disney princess. Cause yeah, I'm yeah, sure those poor women. they are sick of it.
1: Those poor women, dude, all day, every day.
2: Yeah. Just women as a whole put up with so much of just the <laughs> male gender, the race, the male gaze species. at Disney world. Oh my God. I cannot imagine what it's like. Some of the costumes aren't like, none of them are like, promiscuous. No.
1: And the characters aren't either. Like Gaston is probably the only character in that vein who like tries to make that. And do you know know how they like...
0: Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.
1: Staff that, right? This is crazy to me.
0: Gaston, um, how they
2: staff Gaston?
1: How they staff like all the characters?
2: Uh, it's height, right?
1: It, so, well, I was gonna say they just like get college kids and they live there, like you live on property at Disney, Ooh. and it's a bunch of like really attractive, good-looking college kids. But I do think they do it on height. I think you're right.
2: It's no, like, I do know it's a height. Like there are certain roles that you can only do here. Let me let me let me see. Disney. I think Aladdin costumes. has to be
1: short. I'm pretty sure. Oh, little my Meyers is telling me, according to Shanghai television, a man unsuccessfully tried to stop and engage the Mickey Mouse character as he was walking by. A woman who witnessed the incident later said on Weibo that the man said, if you won't stop for me, then I will hit you. <laughs> Wait, so well, he tried man. to, like, get a picture of him or something? Oh, my God.
2: So, yeah, like, just, just to name a few right here. Um, Cinderella, Aurora, Belle, Ariel, Jasmine, Rapunzel, Snow White. They all have to be between five three, five seven. Um Okay. Mulan has to be five two to five four. And then with oh, wow. characters like Tinkerbell, she has to be between four eleven, five, two. Sure. Yeah. And then um um if you want to go to like the men, um Peter Pan has to be four four ten, five two. That sounds like a pretty free market if you fit the fit the oh, mold God. of that.
1: Well, Peter Pan's a woman, I think, usually, right?
2: Oh yeah. Peter Maybe, Pan I is
1: usually know. played, I know on stage, like in theater, uh, mm-hmm. Peter Pan is always played by a
2: woman. Yo, to be Woody, you got to be 6'2 to 6'4. Dang. And, yeah. And with like the masked characters. Uh, oh, my God. Huey, Dewey, and Louie has to be between four foot and 4'6. Oh, my God. How do you
1: find a person like that? That's a uh, kid. Yeah. That's probably very short. Yeah, yeah. those might be teenagers.
2: The tallest is Goofy at six foot to six three.
1: You know, they could honestly go for more. Like, I was gonna say it's hard to find people who are like I, I like Goofy. I imagine in my head is like six three to six nine, but and I was like, no, that's too. That's probably too small of a pool. Yeah, but Gaston like, is
2: six foot to six three as well. Okay, well, and- I mean, like
1: Disney has so many people applying, dude. Right, they can yeah. find any of this.
2: Yeah, of course. It's not that hard. If anything, they just mapped out what would work best in their head and they probably got it.
1: Man. Okay.
2: Yeah. That's but insane. I, to go back to like the princesses, you know, like what sucks is like I, I like a few years before COVID, I went to Disneyland and I, I was going with someone who's never been to Disney before. So I was like, let's get the autograph book. Let's go the whole nine yards. And in one of the rooms, you see like five princesses back to back and it's just like an autograph hotspot, right? But and Matt, that's if you're one of those guys who's probably in a group of those guys. Yeah, that's just that's just a whole neighborhood to hit up.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a mess. Holy, yeah, shit. that
2: sounds. I feel my heart goes out to yeah. how much they have to endure just by doing their job and looking conventionally attractive, and that's required in their job, unfortunately.
1: Yeah, you can't be ugly and work there. And if you are, it's part of your character. Like if you're Quasimodo or something. Even yeah. he, he's a costume. He's not a he's not a face character. He's like yeah.
2: Imagine put on the phone. imagine the wave of being the crash the wave crashing upon you of being humbled when you apply to be Gaston. They're like you look <laughs> a great Quasimodo.
1: <laughs> I see you more as a LeFou. You so. got a
2: <laughs> face made for a masked character. <laughs>
1: Bro, how do you feel about Sebastian the Crab?
2: It's like, all right on on what level?
1: <laughs> I feel like when I I they're not that different. The costume characters than like the people who try to stop you to try hair products at the mall. You know what I mean? No, like I, I <laughs> no you, I you don't have that happen.
2: No, no, I I do. I just don't see how the two are related.
1: Well, because it's like you have to engage with people. Obviously, you're not selling a product when you're a costume character, but you're like you're selling the experience. Oh, oh okay. So you're kind of selling the you're next comparing ticket.
2: The salesman to like the energy you have to have as a costume character. Yes, exactly. Okay. You know, loosely what loosely I mean? following, loosely following. It's just like one is so much more welcomed, though.
1: Oh yeah. Well, there's the you're going to Mickey's house to see him. You yeah. are not going to the mall to see the 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 hair. Curler guy, you know what I mean? You're going for someone else, but I don't know, dude. I feel bad for those guys whenever I yeah. walk through them all. I'm like, oh, dude, like, uh, like I'm not, the I know the 50 as
2: less than a person. I'm so sorry. Yeah, it's so sad. Like, I see
1: the 50 year old guy playing with like a bouncy ball, uh-huh. and I'm like, oh, dear lord, like, look away, is, look away, look away. This is hell. <laughs> yeah, like,
2: and to go oh. back to the topic of Disney character assault. Uh, Oh, God, little bird in my ear says in November, an employee dressed as chipmunk character. Dale was hit so hard by a female visitor that he had to be rushed to the hospital with a concussion. And it was reported that the woman was laughing at the time of the assault and said her action was just for fun, which I think we kind of predicted is the only reason someone would do this is to say you did.
1: Yeah, that's awful. Holy crap.
2: That is awful, but I would like to psychoanalyze it a little bit more. Why Dale?
1: Yeah, not Chip. You got it. Not you, even well, not
2: Chip. I think they are the least in or the most inconspicuous characters in terms of like who would be targeted in something like this. If you no, have I you disagree. Tackled, what? Okay. No, me I out. disagree, okay, okay. bro. You, I'll hear you out. Go ahead. State your case. It's like if okay, if I had to pull a hit on any Disney character, Donald Duck, no question. No, Donald Duck's violent. He's mean. He'll beat your ass. Okay, no, no, no. Donald Duck is mean, but the man in the costume is a man in the costume. (laughs) You don't know that? Might be a convicted (laughs) felon. Uh, They hire a former criminal. That's what they should be doing. Honestly, (laughs) they need to be prepared for anything because I think uh, also uh, the the topic of that is a little interesting because it's like imagine if a Disney character went rogue in costume, like what would the kids think? (laughs)
1: Yeah, like, like Mickey's just walking around Kung Fu kicking people
2: Yeah, just, oh, what, what do you do Is That would be the most hilarious tragedy Known to man
1: I would think it was a show I'd be like, oh dude <laughs> I I this, <laughs> You know, I'd be like, whoa, Mickey's kicking ass This must be a new movie they're promoting Look at all these
2: actors They're really what, he going just crazy Clapping
1: people up What, he's <laughs> had enough, bro
2: Oh my god
1: but no, no, no. Okay, so you would go after Donald Duck if you had to go after any of them.
2: Yeah, yeah. Who would you do?
1: See, I... Here's the thing.
2: Dale? Dale?
1: Dale I wouldn't go after Dale, but is it Dale you want would... want to step on him? No, he would provoke you the most because Dale's an asshole, dude. So, like, the whole dynamic of Chip and Dale's Chip, at least on Rescue Rangers, right? Chip is, like, pragmatic. Yeah, yeah. And he's, like, more, like... He, he's would more
2: reserved. Chip before Gaston? No.
1: Mm. I think I would beat them up for different reasons. Gaston is hitting on my wife. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, yeah. it's different levels. Yeah, Gaston is hitting on my wife, and I've had enough of that asshole. Dale won't stop tapping me on my other shoulder. You know what I mean? (laughs) He's being a trickster. There's nobody over there, and it's the third time I've looked, and you're making me look stupid in front of my kids. I'm going to give you a concussion. So you fell for it three times? Yeah, he's so good at it, dude. He's so tricky. Have you seen the
2: cartoons? Donald can't do anything. They're so sneaky. And that's why I would target Donald Duck. Because <laughs> he's literally, an easy mark. He's duck. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I don't know, dude. He gets mad. He goes quackers. He gets furious. Wanna,
2: I've talked to you about Mortimer Mouse, right?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We've had this talk. Yeah.
2: On the podcast? The tall
1: one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The big, tall, okay, ugly yeah, yeah. one. Yeah.
2: Mortimer Mouse is like, I have such an obsession with him because he's just
0: <laughs> the man Disney. The, the second man, time he's Disney, come up
2: left behind. Well, this one was pretty on topic.
0: Yeah.
2: And with with Mortimer Mouse, he is just, he's based. Like, that's the best word to describe him. If yeah. you look him up on, like, the Disney wiki, his likes are many women and pranks. <laughs> and his dislikes are getting pranked, getting rejected, and Donald Duck's voice. And I'm just like, I can get behind this guy.
1: He hates Donald Duck's voice. Oh, yeah. shit. I mean, he's not alone there, I guess. He yeah, just sounds no. like an. he's a sigma dude. He just stays in his own lane, doesn't fuck
2: with stuff, doesn't show up in media. <laughs> he appears in media like once every seven years. Yeah, he's chilling. Yeah. And I can't believe there's never been a costumed Mortimer Mouse. That's the biggest insult to his entire legacy.
1: No, there has to have been mm-hmm. one.
2: Not once ever. Are you serious? Yeah, I've done my research. There's not been one Mortimer Mouse sighting at any Disney park ever. They, they, he is painted in some murals, one at Disneyland, or I think a California Adventure, but not once in any costume. But they have Horace the goddamn horse fully decked out and in, in costume at Disneyland, and I will never understand that.
1: Dude, when we were walking out of Disneyland the other day when we all went, yeah. we, uh, like they're doing Christmas stuff, and everybody's doing and they have the costume characters saying goodbye, and they're waving, goodnight, whatever. It's like midnight. Pluto's there, and who is next to him but Clarabelle Cow?
2: Yeah. Yeah, don't huh? even get me started on Clarabelle Cow, Clara
1: Clarabelle Cow, bro?
2: She's a costume character. She does not deserve that title.
1: That's a deep cut, dude. That's
2: so mm-hmm. bizarre. I think Clarabelle is still more deserving than, like, Horace the Horse.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Clarabelle, yeah. I think, was briefly Goofy's love interest or something like that.
2: I know Clarabelle from to- Disney's Toontown Online, so, like, I feel <laughs> much more familiar with her because of that game. What's so sure.
1: funny? That's just that, that that she was a prominent character in yeah. Disney's
2: Toontown Online. She was. If you wanted to order any furniture for your house, you had to call in, and who
0: else but Clarabelle would answer the phone. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's. You did it. You stumped this charming devil.
1: That was her specialty. Okay. Yeah.
2: You, you called her on, on the Claribel phone and Claribel answered.
1: Oh, that's funny. Who was there? Anybody else that was like deep from the vault that they were using in,
2: in Disney toontown. Yeah. Um, it, I think she really only had the only role that, uh, like that, I guess. Sure, sure, sure. Every other character had their own location. Like, you had, like, Mickey was in, like, Toontown Park or whatever, and Minnie's Melody Land and Donald's Docks and stuff like that. Yeah. Okay. So it was like each character had a domain, an environment, a biome, if you will. Sure. And a habitat. I think the only extra ones would be, like, Chip and Dale had a mini golf course you could play on. Sick. Goofy had a raceway you could participate in. I
1: love that for him.
2: And then it was just kind of like the typical characters. Pluto owned Antarctica, which, <laughs> sure.
1: How did he get that? Had he broker that deal? I, I, I don't know. I, I don't mean, know. I, if you had to give a dog anything, probably that's the least dangerous thing, giving him that yeah, think, spot up
2: there. Did Donald have two locations? I think Donald had two. I think he had the docks and Dreamland, and you just had a sleepy little Donald walk around. Oh, that's sick. Am I making that up? Yeah, maybe. Bro was grinding. Yeah, Daisy Gardens. Yeah, bro was grinding. And then you had all the all the cogs which were the bad guys. Real real like honestly, Toontown was a real anti-capitalist game. Was it? Yeah, you got to take down all the all the businessmen. <laughs> and look looking back on it, pretty woke. Cuz yeah. it is pretty woke doing it alongside capitalist icon Mickey Mouse. But... You had to take down enemies whose names were like Pencil Pusher, uh mover <laughs> and Shaker, and oh my god, let me let me look up some of these names. Cog's names Toontown. I've never because,
1: even heard of the cogs.
2: Yeah, they were the the enemies. They were just like real robotic businessmen who ruined the fun of everything. You know, like you uh, had oh, people wait, so named, robots. Yeah, yeah, they were uh, robots. Okay. They were Yes Man, micromanager. You got. The Big Cheese, you got Big Wig, Legal Eagle, Spin Doctor, Ambulance Chaser, Bean Counter, Number Cruncher, Mover and Shaker, Mr. Hollywood. Like, it was... I, I like just... Yeah, names like Tightwad and Name Dropper, you know?
1: There are so many of them. I'm looking at this now.
2: Yeah. Holy and they were crap. separated into factions of boss bought, law bought, cash LawBot, CashBot, Cellbot, which is all honestly a really cool introspection of the business world, because I... Heard all these terms for the first time in Toontown when I was a kid. Yeah. And then whenever I became an adult, I met people with these titles, more or less.
1: Sure. Obviously, and no so one's you're... named
2: Backstabber or Name Dropper, but they're all <laughs> names that you toss around.
1: And if they were, you would avoid them very yeah, quickly.
2: Yeah.
1: I'm yeah, looking I met... at this now. This is fascinating.
2: Yeah, I met people whose like, titles they are like, oh, I'm essentially a headhunter. And I'm like, oh, what? <laughs> you know, I was like, I know that from Toontown Online. How do you know that? I'm not going near that guy. (laughs) Yeah. I hate that guy. But he's
1: weak to the grand piano.
2: (laughs) Of course he is. (laughs) And then when I heard people call others like ambulance chasers, I was like, whoa, what's that mean? I only know it from Toontown. So much of my business jargon was learned in a negative context (laughs) from Toontown. So whenever I got to the business world, I was just like, what do you mean he's a telemarketer? I'll show him what's what. I got two grand pianos with his name on it.
1: That's so funny. Tightwad.
0: Mm -hmm. Name
1: dropper. Lone shark. These are excellent names. Like, honestly, these are inspired. Whoever made this game really went all out. They didn't have to.
2: And the head honcho in the boss spot category is named chief executive officer. So imagine my mind being blown when I learned what CEO stood for.
1: (laughs) No, it's that guy. I hate that guy. Yeah, I feel like they of, probably made them robots so you could like beat them up, right? And like, yeah, them. yeah, of course. Yeah.
2: And then you beat them with gags and like cream pri- cream pies and fire hydrants, stuff like that.
1: Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's funny, dude. I wish I played 210. I feel like I missed out on that. Or like hey, Penguin. Man. Hey, man, was it, we're called? still
2: Penguin? there. We we can still do it. Wait, it's still up? Uh, rewritten, but yeah. What? Yeah, they had to remove all the Disney characters from it, but the game's still there.
1: They had to remove all the Disney. Then what is
2: it now? It's just you get to make your own tune. Oh, that's kind of sick. Honestly, it's it's like the most child friendly MMORPG ever in terms of its simplicity.
1: Sure. Oh, dude, I'm looking more into it now. Well, you could make a pig. Kind of fun. You could make a pig. I could make a pig. Yeah. Yeah. I see a pig, a dog, a bear, a rabbit, a duck, a a horse. God, they Mm -hmm. have everything. Uh, Apropos of nothing, Little Birdie told me Mulan killed 1,995 people.
2: That's a tangent.
1: More than any other princess. And according to Reddit, she is the most prolific killer of all the Disney characters. That's so sick. Our heroine crushed 2,000 Huns in an avalanche caused by a rocket. Girl boss.
2: So that's like a total of what? Nearly 4,000 confirmed kills? Roughly, yeah. That's awesome.
1: Yeah, good for her.
2: All the Huns are gone. That's feminism at large.
1: Thank you, Merlon. I'm happy somebody did it. Somebody a lesser
2: company would have made that a man.
1: <laughs> Girl boss, bro. That's what I'm yeah. saying. <laughs> oh,
2: what that's was, funny. Uh, did you watch the new Mulan? No. How was it? Did you see Bad. it? Bad. It was awful. Really? Yeah.
1: Shocker. Oh, my God. Yeah. I
2: like some of the live actions. I liked Aladdin live action a lot, honestly. No. Yeah, I liked it. Did you watch it? No, I didn't. I
1: just I was told not to like it by the internet, and I believe them.
2: I believed them, and then I went and saw it, and then I left with my group, and I was like, am I the only one who thought that was great? <laughs> you know, like, I was expecting to not like it, like, let's watch how funny it is. I think yeah. Will Smith killed it outside of every scene that they put in trailers. So it's just like, I don't know. I think they changed the plot a little bit. They made Jasmine an actual character. who was like Yeah, they gave her a song too, right? They gave her a new song, and then they just made her character more... Developed less damsel in distress, you know, and I'm always down for that. But what about let's go back to Mulan? Uh, What about Lee Shong? Who's that? The the love interest in Mulan?
1: Oh, is he is he the he's the uh, the like lead general guy,
2: right? Yeah, but um, whenever I I could be wrong, but I don't think he was in the live action, or if so, not as a love interest. No. But, okay. Well I, I thought it was pretty sick because Disney accidentally made him bisexual. Oh, really? No, 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 think about it. You know, they have this heated romantic tension building between King sure. and Li Shang. But, and you, the viewer, knows Mulan's a woman. So that is conventionally A-OK. Oh. But then you think about it a step further and he thought she was a man the whole time. That's true. So I never Disney, really thought of that accidentally made him a, a bisexual king and then removed him from the live action because they said, uh, I can't do this again. <laughs> Too controversial. I just think it's so funny that Disney made something accidentally gay and then removed <laughs> it when they realized. They said, oh, fuck. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> I, I
1: remember them making a big deal about LeFou being gay in Beauty Le and F- the Beast. Fou? LeFou? yeah. He's like, he's like Gaston's henchman. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they made a big deal about him being gay in the live action one. And like, people are like, how is that going to come up? That's interesting. I wonder what's going to happen. Cause he doesn't really have that kind of character. Just
2: sucks Gaston's cock live on camera.
1: <laughs> You're the best Gaston. And then he just unzips. <laughs> no one, you know, just the, yeah. the whole song. No, but he apparently at the end of the movie, it's just that he dances with another dude. Like they have this big ballroom scene. Oh and he gets his God. redemption scene and he's chest-to-chest dancing with the dude. And they're like, there we go. Diversity.
2: Star Inclusion. Wars did the same thing, I think, in episode 7. That everyone thought, or maybe 8, I don't know. They thought the whole world was going to blow up, whatever. And then whenever everything was safe, it cuts to like all the people like hugging. And you're like, oh yeah. my god, we're safe, we're happy. And in the distant background, it shows lesbian 1 and lesbian 2 kiss. And then they're like, diversity! <laughs> we won! <laughs> we did it! Yeah!
1: Oh, my God, dude. Those used to be the wins. Like, maybe I, they I still think, are, but I feel I like it's gotten a little are. better,
2: right? Like, I mean, at that time, every time someone did that, I feel like everyone in the LGBT plus would just roll their eyes. Oh, yeah, I think it's an eye like, roll. That's, not, that's not actual diversity.
1: No, it's a fake win, but it's like yeah. that's what you could get, unfortunately. Like, it's a yeah. pittance.
2: There were a lot of shows who would, like, actually explore it more head-on fashion sure and that was always cool but they never really got the the recognition outside of that i think probably one of the cooler examples i think is bojack horseman and uh todd comes to like terms of being like asexual
1: yeah he's asexual right yeah
2: yeah and i think that's such an awesome thing that you don't really see represented in a lot of media or any at all especially like on a show as talked about as BoJack Horseman, where even if people didn't really digest what Todd was talking about, they're at least now aware of the term. And it wasn't presented in like a weird fashion.
1: Right. And it was it was something that like didn't get discussed until late in the show. And, yeah. Because like he was always around, but he never had a love interest. He was like a side character. And then mm-hmm. it's like he met the, I think it was an axolotl or something. yeah. And it's like, oh, he actually, like they're exploring this. And that was kind of neat.
2: It was a good show, dude. It was a good show. I just think it's I like that. They didn't introduce him as the asexual character. They they developed it and then let him come to terms, which I think is very uh, realistic for the most part. I just that always stuck out to me. I thought that was so interesting how they handled that.
1: Well, they showed the journey, which I think is interesting, as opposed to just like he showed up that way and knows Uh himself. And it's like that probably resonates with a lot of people that like watch the show, you know?
2: Yeah, I thought it was really cool.
1: I liked the show a lot. I I wasn't like, I don't know if you had this experience with Bojack, but it was like, there was, everybody was telling me about the second to last episode and how it would like change everything and change your life. Of the last,
2: of the whole show?
1: Yeah. So the second to last episode is the one where he goes through like the near death experience. Yeah. 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 Spoilers, by the way. Shit. (laughs) <laughs> we should probably get off this topic for people who haven't
2: seen the show. But yeah, basically I think we could be vague enough.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the in the second to last episode, there's a whole like it's it's very artsy. And people are yeah. like, oh my god, this is gonna change everything. You're gonna love this, blah, blah, blah. And just building that up to that expectation made me like, eh, it was okay. Same feeling about it, Undertale, uh, you know?
2: Yeah, it was just this like exhibition of ego death, you know? Sure. And that's what yeah. it, it all felt like to me. I thought the last season was pretty tame compared to the earlier ones I felt. I felt like every last episode of every season really left me thinking, man. Yeah. But I feel like the last season, or two half seasons, or last two seasons, I don't remember, though they, they were pretty tame. I feel like a lot of my profound thoughts existed after. Oh, I think the dementia episode was a lot. Sure. And I think the other episode that hit me was this was like in the middle of a season. They had a very special episode when it was just Bojack living his life, but every now and then he would cut to like
0: the things he says about him. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's. You did it. You stumped this charming devil. Self and the thoughts he has.
1: Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: That hit me hard. Cause that's sure. very relatable for me. I've, Like, as confident or arrogant as I might seem, I have crippling self-esteem. And I always have to doubt that every decision I'm making. And I always have to be like, oh, this person thinks this of me and that. So it's just like, that was the first... I never vocalized that feeling because, like, why would I? I just sound like a a sad sap who's looking for compliments. Sure, yeah. It's more of like, I want someone to calm down this voice in my head. But it was so cool to see that executed. And it's just like, I think that's what media does a good job of, or like whenever it makes you feel valid, because you're like, if this was just me or just one me and one other person, this wouldn't have gotten written in a room of writers and produced and then acted. You know, exactly, like it's yeah, it has to be relatable enough for people to be produced, and then it's just like, if I'm seeing it, it means I am not alone and not by far.
1: Yeah, well, that's that's sort of the case for representation across the board, right? Where it's like,
2: yeah, and anything. It's just like that's what it yeah. was to me, and something so like something well, it's less especially, obvious than yeah, like yeah, sexuality it. or, or any orientation.
1: And I think that's especially impo- like cool for us. Cause like as white dudes, it's like, you don't Woo. see that much. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you don't, I, I never have to think about that. It's not something that I really consider. Um, when a show could explore something like that, I think it's interesting. I think it hooks a lot of people like, yeah. And that's probably why that show meant so much to so many people. But I don't know. I like the game show episode. That's the one I always think about. That was my favorite one. So,
2: (laughs) diversity is such an interesting topic to explore as two white dudes.
1: Yeah. Thank God that we're doing it. Right. Only people qualified (laughs) to do it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's how it feels. I. I. I mean, I do feel like I. I was exposed to it a lot at a young age because, like, um, I am the whitest person in my family. Like, my mom's side of the family is Native American because I'm from Oklahoma. Yeah, okay. I'm a I'm 25% native, which you wouldn't expect by looking at me. Do you know which tribe? But that means my mom's fifty and my uh Choctaw.
1: I do not know that one. Okay.
2: Um, but yeah, so then uh my mom's family was native and like my stepmom's is full Vietnamese. So I feel like I learned a lot by talking to like my distant family members about sure. race and recognition and how it is very young. And I think I think that was for the better because I felt like it just made me more aware of these things growing up. Because, like, even in like late high school, I was like, most of the shows I do watch do only feature white people in the main leads, don't they? Sure. Yeah, and it's it's been like a a weird weird thing to come back to you, I guess, as an adult who is like in a process of having my own team, you know, or like yeah yeah yeah, I, I do videos with large casts, and it's just like. I want to feature as many people from as many different backgrounds as I can, and yeah. it's like you have to be doing it for the right reasons, though.
1: Yeah, so it's not like a token thing. Yeah, you want to make because, sure that you're doing it correctly.
2: Yeah, and there are whole like diversity seminars that you can take. Like uh, Deanna, the producer for Alpharet and me, we're actually currently enrolled in one, and it's uh, it's interesting to to what you can learn.
1: <laughs> sure. In it,
2: so yeah, I, it's, it's
1: funny that you were you were talking about having that level of experience because like. I would have never known what what is your last name is it like French? Like I'm uh, Rabon.
2: It. It's it's Italian. It's R A B O N. So people always see it as Rabon or Ray That's
1: people. what I was thinking. Is it yeah. was like Americanized French like Rabon, but
2: Yeah. I I gotcha. think it's a, it's Italian. My family's Italian. Does that mean it's in from French? I don't know. My my dad's side of the family is Italian. My mom's side of the family is native and my stepmom's family is uh Vietnamese. Geez,
1: it's a whole melting pot.
2: Yeah, yeah. Man. Um, And like, yeah. not to mention, is like, you know, I was with someone for six years who was full blood Costa Rican, and I got to learn a lot about their family and everything like that. Oh, dude. Yeah, so I've had a I lot got,
1: of experiences. Damn.
2: Yeah. As, you know, at the end of the day, still a pr- pretty privileged male. Sure. White dude. Woo-hoo. And it's like, just because I come out as like bi or like, Acer, or like gray Acero or something, it doesn't mean like those other things aren't true. But I will say, Given those things about me, it's very nice to see that representation, even like, as I mentioned, like BoJack and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, 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 definitely. I, I had to rely on a lot of listening because, like, I, I went to school yeah. with a lot of, like, I you know, my school was really diverse. Um, But, like, I don't know. I don't even know my heritage. Like, I asked my dad where we're from. He's like, I don't know, Appalachia somewhere. I think we're hicks. Like, I think we're, like, we uh-huh. are, like, Pennsylvania, West Virginia, like, mountain people. Uh, and and I think that's really all it is. So it's like I have to really absorb a lot of that. But I don't know, Maryland's a pretty good place for that. I'm, I was surprised that Oklahoma was. I know, that may sound a little I don't know how to put it uh, stereotypical. I don't know, but like I don't know. I'm I'm. It's 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 good to have other experiences because I think that's where a lot of the misunderstandings and sort of general ire comes from. It's just like you mm-hmm. haven't met. A gay person. You haven't met a person who's in touch with their heritage or culture yeah. in that way.
2: I think a lot of other things can just be like, let's talk about slurs, right? <laughs> okay. Yeah, just people I obviously think the internet is much different now, so I think that's why I hear them less. Sure. But I can't necess- I can't really gauge it properly because I'm like, do I hear slurs less because I'm older? and people are more mature and knowledgeable? Or is it because mm. I have created more of an echo chamber around me and the people I know? And also, I'm just not 13 anymore, and people sure. kind of learn. Because I you know, did, I would casually say things that I thought were okay when I was in middle school, as nearly everybody did at one time. And it's just, if I didn't have anyone telling me that those were not okay, how was I supposed to know? Because it's not like right. I had f- family who, who instructed me such, and I was like, you know those words are bad, but you don't understand why, and I think that's the difference.
1: Right, and and there was a moment, too, where, like, people would say it was bad, but there was a whole pushback about, like, redefining the language, and, like, yeah. this slur doesn't actually mean a hateful thing, it just means you're being annoying, or something like that.
2: Yeah, it's um, like, oh, we use it differently, and it's, yeah, if you the person is probably using it in that context, but that sure. history still is present.
1: Yeah. I think it's uh I think it's one of those things where like and this is a really weird analogy but it's something that I thought about a lot during Halloween.
2: Uh-huh. When
1: was the last time you heard the song Monster Mash?
2: What does this have to do with slurs?
1: I'll go I'll I'll let you know. Just okay. hear me out. The last a time few, you heard this song. Uh
2: probably like high school like at a Halloween party maybe exactly. earlier. Exactly.
1: Okay, so I think slurs are like Monster Mash
2: where you sort of hear for it. for a second. You pause. hear it. <laughs> yep. I'm, just, I'm just, let me absorb that in my own interpretation before you sure. go on real quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't let I me explain.
1: Like, Let's see if we yeah, can match that's wavelengths. A lot,
2: lots to digest. Um, Okay. All right. Whew. Ready to go? Yeah, yeah. Go ahead.
1: All right. I'm going to take you on this journey. Something you hear a lot when you're sort of growing up, right? Because you're surrounded by other kids or, you know, people who are sort of learning or develop. I don't think there's something to be said about, like, you know, if the Monster Mash plays every single day going up to Halloween when you're in school. Like, for some reason, there are dances and the teachers play it during the Halloween party, whatever, and I think it's the same thing with, like, shitty language, because, like, kids are growing up, they're figuring out their identity, figuring out what they can and can't say, but, like, I, as an adult, haven't heard monster Mesh
2: or for slurs
1: 10 years or slurs in real life. I mean, like obviously people on the internet, whatever, but like,
2: they're not real people in real
1: life. Not really. Uh, I mean like sometimes I like there's road rage, right? Uh, that happens. I've, I've seen people, uh, be shitty on the street, but it's like, it's not a super common thing.
2: You I've know? also heard people listen to monster mash on the street.
1: That's true too. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So out of other
1: radios and stuff. So very yeah. similar in that way. Yeah.
2: That, huh. Yeah. I guess both are more prominent when you're younger because you just don't know better.
1: <laughs> you don't know that Monster Mash is a shitty song.
2: Yeah. <laughs> you, how could you, you? Uh, yeah. No one's telling you it's a shitty song. <laughs> also, something I'd like to talk about the Monster Mash. I saw this on a bit somewhere. I don't remember where. Yeah. But they were talking about how the Monster Mash, the song, isn't actually the monster mash what do you mean the the lyrical content of the song is describing people listening to the monster mash
1: sure yeah they're listening to the well it's a dance right
2: but like what is the monster mash what are they listening to if it's not this this is a retelling of historic events
1: oh it is kind of meta i see what you're saying like they did the mash but it's like what's the mash is this the match?
2: Where did it come from? What was? <laughs> what are they listening to?
1: I I think there's a whole lore there. Because at one point, Dracula mentions the Transylvania twist. And we never hear anything about that either.
2: It's so. like, I know it was a graveyard smash. But what does that mean?
1: It caught on very quickly, too, as I've heard. <laughs> yeah.
2: Why are we Monster Mash posting? uh because you said it was like saying slurs it
1: is it is very much so. how do you feel about christmas music we're coming up on christmas oh wait no when people hear this it might not be crisp whatever we're recording this right now in late november
2: a couple days outside of th- thanksgiving tomorrow actually thanksgiving's
1: tomorrow yep yep turkey day
2: okay you know what next year i'm going to yep. do something crazy <laughs> okay this one is not slur related let me say that all right <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to do something crazy like we have Halloween music mm-hmm. we have Christmas music Sure, you could even go so far to say we have 4th of July music being the national anthem and anything patriotic yeah what, what is Thanksgiving music uh, turkey in the straw and why do I want to make thanksgiving music i just want to do parodies of christmas songs but make them but about worse. turkey yeah yeah i th-
1: have you ever there's only one thanksgiving song i can ever think of have is you it? ever seen uh wait what what are you what were you going to say i want to see if we, no 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 go on thing. it's
2: not it's not correct
1: okay never mind
2: i was uh, thinking of not a christmas song i was thinking of adam sandler's hanukkah song
1: hanukkah song yeah yeah no the only thanksgiving song i could think of is not
0: Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.
1: Movie, Adam's Family Values. Okay. Uh, there's a stage production where they sing a song about turkeys and, and the first Thanksgiving. And Wednesday, Adam goes crazy and she, would like... Takes over the show as a Native American and, and kills all the Oof. white people, whatever. Yeah, okay. it's one of those. Based? Yeah, so it's one of those. Uh, but that's the only Thanksgiving song I can think of. I don't think there's anything else. Think
2: about how um, the like the Jewish culture is so rich with history. Sure. And they have so many songs revolving around all their several holidays but yeah. the one that gets played on radios is from Adam goddamn Sandler.
1: <laughs> Honestly, that's just, that's a testament to
2: his influence, bro. He's the vision. Jewish guy. Yep. What did what he did? What was the kids movie he did? It was like eight crazy nights.
1: Dude, he's done a billion. Yeah. Eight crazy uh, nights was the, was that one. The yeah. animated one, right? Right. Yeah. I never saw that one, but I hear it's funny. I don't know. I'm a big Adam Sandler fan. Up until like 1998.
2: (laughs) I recently went went through um, Adam Sandler's like IMDb page. Mm -hmm. And honestly, one of the most impressive accolades I've ever seen. Cause like, you really think, you know, Adam Sandler. Cause you'll say like, Oh, I watched the water boy. Oh, I watched Billy Madison. I watched happy Gilmore. Oh, I know he started on like SNL. That was his big break. Right. And, but then like, I got it pulled up right now. Let's just talk about the era of Adam Sandler, the golden era, when he had those movies I mentioned into The Wedding Singer, into, right. like, Little Nicky, into Big Daddy, into Mr. D's, Mr. A D's, Crazy nights, Anger Management, 51st Dates, even, he had the Longest Yard. He had, okay, I think, I think 51st Dates ends, that's, like, the final end of, like, that era of Adam Sandler. Mm-hmm. Because I think Click starts a whole new era.
1: Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. After Click, he was different.
2: Yeah, after he had Click, I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry. Don't mess with the Zohan. Bedtime stories, funny people, grown ups. Just go with it. And then, then I think I'm going to say there's another era of Jack and Jill.
1: Ah, uh, yeah. After Jack and Jill, and like grown ups.
2: Yeah. It wasn't,
1: yeah, it was like the whole like. Oh God, that's I,
2: different. Yeah, th- those my are the only boy. two things I could think of. That's my
1: boy. That was the other one. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah, dude, dude, dude. Uh, the Halloween he made Hubie Halloween or something. You know what also, I'm talking about?
2: Pixels.
1: Oh, I forgot about that. Oh no. Yeah.
2: And but but in the midst of that, he starts his voice acting career at large because I think he really got something lucky and special with Hotel Transylvania. As yeah, Dracula. people loved that. Yeah, I remember people going crazy. Pretty for that. star-studded cast. I, I yeah, remember,
1: like, oh, I'm I'm still mad at it though because it killed Popeye. Did you know that that movie no. was supposed to be? Oh wait, yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, I did know that actually.
1: Yeah, I, it was supposed to be Popeye, and they said we hate Popeye, get out of here, and then it was, you know, Adam Sandler mm-hmm. being a vampire, which like you know, apparently it was good. Whatever. I'm just the one Popeye fan on the planet, so I'm no, mad no, I understand.
2: Have you? <laughs> I'm trying to see, like, then they had they had the era of Netflix Adam Sandler, right?
1: That's the Hubie Halloween, bro, it's, and and the one with uh oh god, the one with Chris Rock, the wedding one,
2: what, the first what, week. Oh, the first week, yeah, is that yeah, it? yeah. the yeah, week yeah, of yeah. is what the you're, week
1: of that's what it is. Yeah, yeah it's a because wedding comedy. It's not good.
2: He got like a deal with Netflix. I was for like a billion dollars, yeah, <laughs> and he had to make like seven or eight movies with Netflix. And I just want to say, with with the historic accolades that he has, like he's good, so he's yeah. great now. And like what? He had this and then he had like Murder Mystery with Jennifer Aniston? Oh, I don't know that one. It was honestly pretty good. I watched okay. it. I enjoyed it. It was it was like nothing to write home about, but I enjoyed the flashing colors on my screen. Sure. And then you had like Uncut Gems, which got ravenous reviews.
1: Yeah, which was actually amazing. Yeah very good movie. It's so weird Ravidously how like,
2: positive, I guess. I oh, say. yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Dude, yeah. people love, he, they thought his performance was insane, and it's like, why can't he, he is one of the most enigmatic stars in Hollywood history, because like, yeah. if you talk about liking Adam Sandler, it's not like talking about liking like Al Pacino or Robert De Niro. No. It's like, you know what they do. Adam Sandler has been like five different people. It's so weird.
2: Yeah, there are definitely these eras, which I think the most shocking part is how commonly he was a love interest.
1: <laughs> well, I think he was just the main character, which means yeah, that, like, he had a love interest because you have to, you know. But
2: I get that. But like Fifty First Dates, he is a romantic guy like that. Fifty yeah, First Dates creates yeah. like a standard of like what I expect from a romantic partner because like sure. it's like I'll never be Adam Sandler. <laughs> Yeah, w- 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 babe, would you do that for me? Would you oh, wake God. me up with a VHS tape every morning or remind me if I had a concussion or something? Like, Also, let's talk about Fifty First Dates real quick. What a crazy movie. That Adam Sandler, if you don't know, falls in love with the young Drew Barrymore who suffers from a severe concussion and she thinks every day is the same day but like 10 years ago. So... He comes up and hits on her and says, same place tomorrow. Comes to the same place tomorrow. And she's like, yo, who the fuck are you? Get away from me. Yeah. So then he goes through fifty first dates of getting her to fall in love with him. And he has to win her over every single day, which is hard, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And well, she sometimes just strike out.
1: Yeah, but he knows what she likes, so he's able to just, yeah. like, use that every day. But that sounds exhausting, dude. That's, I can't imagine that being a long-term
2: relationship, That's a right? full-time job. But what's the nicest part is that if he's tired of it, he just leaves. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck this.
1: She'll never know either. Like, she yeah. won't be upset about it or anything. She'll just wake Baby up really and it'll be— Baby
2: really pissed me off the other day. <laughs> well, well, let me know what I can do, because— I just met you today. I don't have a lot of investment, dude. What a horror story! Oh my god. Yeah, I mean, That's she chilling. wakes up to this guy, and she probably okay. She probably thinks like, I, I, we have. I'm pregnant. What the fuck? <laughs> I, I, I forgot guess I, she was
1: pregnant. She had a yeah. baby. She had. Oh my up god!
2: For, imagine waking up and having to give childbirth, and thinking yesterday you were getting a pineapple. Every
1: day you're nursing. And you're like, whose baby is this? Why am I holding? Oh, my God, dude.
2: I understand. I completely understand how Adam Sandler can go about this. But I cannot imagine, as the Drew Barrymore, how you wake (laughs) up, be like spoon-fed this relationship, and be like, yeah, okay. Because, Zach, this is the exact same thing as you waking up tomorrow and being spoon-fed a different relationship than the one you're in right now. Oh, my God, dude. That would be absurd. How do you process that information with a oh kid on the way at most like I look, I I change constantly what I yeah. want, what I need, what I like. And who's to say this person I fall for today was gonna be the same person I want to fall for tomorrow on like a first impression basis?
1: Oh, no question. And and there's also like okay, you could be moody, right? Like you yeah. eat a high sodium dinner and you get a headache at night, you eat too much. And you go to bed and you wake up and you're like, who's this asshole singing to me on his ukulele? Go away. And like everything else is just thrown off until she. Well, it's a bad day. I guess he can just go play video games that day. Yeah, yeah.
2: He or could just. I he bet he was a week for long it. business trip. Sometimes. Yeah. When he, needs yeah to. he
1: hopes for that sometimes. I'm sure like he's like, all right, well, it's a it's a bad day. Thank God I
2: can go fishing. Yeah. He, if he just takes the kid and goes out of town for a week, that's fine.
1: Dude, I never really thought about that movie.
0: There are so many questions about this world. (laughs) Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.
2: It's (laughs) such a romantic film, but I have so many questions. I'm like, just how long can you keep that up for Like, if I'm the dad, I'm like, okay, she's got someone to take care of her. That's awesome. I don't have to do it anymore, but it's so insane because I don't think I would react to the same stimulus every single day.
1: The same way every single day.
2: Yeah. I mean, I have to assume someday she's like, get the fuck out of my house. Yeah. (laughs) Cause as far as she's aware, he is a random guy that she woke up next to and is now playing a VHS tape for her, like, I think that is so unlikely to go well in any scenario.
1: Especially over a long period, over infinite days. Eventually, yeah. it's going to get worse. Apparently, there are 221 movies made about amnesia, which blows my mind because that is way less than I would have thought.
2: Yeah, that feels like it should be way more.
1: That's such an easy plot device. Maybe video games have spoiled me, but like, yeah. that seems so low.
2: That's shockingly low. I, I just think... ah. Uh, the Fifty First Dates is just the world is so confusing. Yeah, and as a kid, I watched that movie a lot because I had like three DVDs. Okay, and Fifty what First Dates is one of them. I'm curious. Uh, Tenacious D. <laughs> okay, <laughs> and I, I I can't remember. It was like some Will Ferrell movie. Not I'm sure. It, got it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so I watched Fifty First Dates a lot, and that introduced me to the Cure. I would like to say because they play okay. "Friday I'm in Love." And during they a do. montage.
0: So
2: I bet a lot of people
1: one. also got introduced to Beach Boys. It's Beach oh, Boys, right? Beach Boys Blood are a huge it, part. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
2: Every time I hear that song, I think of that movie. So, yeah, Me you're too. absolutely right.
1: Yep. Oh, and dude, That's funny.
2: Wow. The the world is so confusing in that movie.
1: What's your favorite Adam Sandler movie? Is it that one?
2: I think it kind of has to be 51st Stage just by how much someone, I watched sure. it. I really like The Wedding Singer, which is also Adam Sandler and Drew Barrymore. Drew Barrymore, yeah. Power couple. But, yeah. I think my favorite Adam Sandler movie. Come uh, on. It might be Billy Madison.
1: Let's go. <laughs> That's my favorite. That one's my yeah.
2: favorite. Uh, I think that Billy one in Waterboy. I love Waterboy. W- Waterboy is one of those movies that I can't tell if I'm laughing with or at him. So I always feel bad halfway through it.
1: It's a little, yeah. It does feel a little bad, but he wins in the end. Like you're rooting for him, you know. What yeah,
2: I mean? he's definitely the underdog, but I, I, I still can't tell who I'm singing for, or rooting for in that I one. I feel,
1: I feel you. I, dude, yeah. have you seen? Oh my god, have you seen Ace Ventura?
2: Uh, not in a while, dude. Do you know how the movie ends? Remind me.
1: Uh, no, not here, <laughs> <laughs> not here. <laughs> Look it up for yourself. Yeah, it is insane. Like. So there are all these, uh, like, obviously, when you go back and watch 90s movies, sometimes you'll watch, you'll be like, oh, wow, oh!
2: you were allowed to do that? Oh, my God. Yeah, you know, you see it now. You're looking it up. Oh, yeah, I definitely forgot about this movie. Yeah. So so every time, like, when you
1: watch one of these old movies, you're like, oh, wow, that happened? That's allowed? Uh, they were, they did
2: that in the 90s? But I'm Mace watching Ventura, this with friends and not telling them what the ending about is. About the ending? No. It's that's a. Uh, I just knew. I was like, when you said, "I'm not telling you," I was like, "Isn't this the Jim Carrey Pet Detective movie?" Oh, dude, that's wow. yeah, wow. and it's it's
1: insane, and it's silly, mm-hmm. and it's goofy, and there at the end, like looking at it through a modern lens is like, "Whoa, what?
2: The, yeah, what
1: happened?" <laughs>
2: I, I okay, so like as a kid, I had no idea like pornography, right, or anything like that. <laughs> sure. Yeah. And there's like I, I just had no knowledge on like naked anatomy of anyone who wasn't me. Yeah. So I I will say I watched uh, I now pronounce you pronounce you Chuck and Larry. Yeah. And you you remember that movie. It's about like yeah, yeah, Adam yeah. Sandler With, uh, and Kevin James. Uh, Kevin James. Yep. Yeah. And they're just pretending that they're they're gays to get for like tax I don't remember. stuff,
1: right? I yeah,
2: I think something like that. But anyways, Jessica Biel is in it, and she's like half naked. She's like, "I'm comfortably half naked around you because you're gay." And that was like the first time I saw like boobs, and I was like, "That's crazy!" <laughs> wow. <laughs> it was nothing. It wasn't like anything shocking for me. Sure. It was just kind of like, a, "Wow, interesting." Like I didn't know that.
1: That was the first time you saw the the naked female
2: anatomy. It was like half naked, but like yeah, gotcha, yeah, it was, yeah. That was probably the first time for me. So like I always hold that movie in like a very interesting light. That I means I was 12. So like, I feel like that's, yeah, yeah, late.
1: Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I feel like that's right on top. I, so the first time yeah, I, I s- remember, yeah, that's probably right? Yeah. I remember specifically the first time I ever saw the naked female form because my dad was a mechanic and you know, it's a very like uh sort of
2: boys he, club he worked in a
1: very boys club, blue collar, you know? Yeah. And I went to the bathroom and there's just porn like a, on the gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's just like porn and like not like classy, like play. This is like Hustler, like full mm-hmm. spreads. And I'm like, huh. And I looked at it and I remember like being afraid because it was like gore. <laughs> yeah. Like oh if my you're God. Yeah. If you're a young boy, like that woman needs medical attention. Like if you're a young boy, you don't know what you're looking at. And I remember, you know, this was before the internet. I wonder how the internet like has mm-hmm. shaped that. That's
2: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I feel like it's so accessible. I mean, porn addiction is a very real thing.
1: It's got to be way harder to like, that's why I also like, I don't know when I see stuff that is reminiscent of the Newgrounds era. So like Friday Night Funkin', right? Yeah, Very popular game. Pretty overtly sexual, which is like, you know, it, it, it was it's it's supposed to be a callback to the Newgrounds time. And like when it was super popular, I get it. But it's still when I look at it, I'm like, I don't know if I like this. This is, like, yeah. it's so juvenile. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I do absolutely. And I'm not trying to come down on them for doing it because, like, whatever. I'm not like pearl clutching about it. But when I look at it, I'm like, dude, what if like a nine year old comes across this and has questions? I guess yeah, this is part of his. I, well, discovery. I grew up with
2: Newgrounds too, so like, yeah, around the same age as. Well, like I saw a lot of it's like animated fine. stuff, but yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, I turned out fine.
1: I, it might just be something that, like, when you're an adult, it 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 seems worse than it is. But when you're a kid, it's like, who cares? You know what I mean?
2: Yeah, I do. It's
1: a weird thing. And also, like, being a dad probably makes me a little bit more like mm-hmm. I don't know, dude. Getting older changes you. It's weird. Absolutely,
2: it does. I mean, I feel so differently, yeah. from, just on anything nowadays than I used to. I think like the biggest thing is, um, I think I think the hmm, the biggest thing that changes as you grow up. Uh-huh. Hear me out. Age.
1: True. Not just
2: you getting older, but like what other ages means to you. Because I think like when I was 18, I'm like, I'm going to take on, I'm an adult now. Yeah. You know, and now to me, adult is probably closer between 23 and 25. Oh, no question. I think like out of college is like an adult to me.
1: Yeah. To me, you are not a person until you're 24. And then it's like, then I can engage with you. I think I remember you being a little bit more like experienced and world weary, if that makes sense. Like you and I could have more conversations, but that's not common.
2: Like, no, I was young and I was hardened and young.
1: Yeah. 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 You were, you were yeah. a little different, but in general, if I, if I, mm-hmm. you know, around somebody that's sub 24, I'm like, uh, I don't know, but
2: yeah. Cause I think like the other thing is something I've had to, to reevaluate recently, which I think this is, this is an interesting topic and I'm sure you haven't had to think about this either. Sure. Um, me being 25 and I'm I'm twenty 26 in like less than a month, uh-huh. but I am like single for the, you know, for the first time in like, since I was 19, you know, mm. yeah. or like as of like a year ish ago. And it's crazy to sit and think of like, how young do I feel comfortable dating?
1: Sure. Yeah. You
2: know, cause like, I think I've had that, that thought. Yeah. Then, when I was like eighteen, I was like, I don't really care, you know. Right. And then, yeah, like, you know, I'm in a committed relationship, and I just kind of think about the hypothetical of like, I'd probably focus on someone who's in the same life phase as me. Yeah. And I think that's kind of the, what the right answer is. But age is still a factor in that. Like, it's a it's a complicated thing, especially with what we're doing. Because,
1: like, dude, I've I've totally had this talk to or this thought too. Because, like, I've been with my wife now for 16 yeah. years in December. So like very long time, but it's like, uh-huh. if I was to get out back in the dating world, like what's my, cause my industry, like, you know, the gaming or content creator, or whatever yeah, that it's industry young. is, it's mostly young. So like, and I don't want to be with somebody that's younger than like, again, like 25, but then I'm still eight years older, which is like, not that's too bad lot, you're an adult, but it is a yeah. lot. Yeah. 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 It's like, it's like not terrible, but it's like, eight years of experience has changed you too. So it's like, I've had that thought a bunch. I you think you'd be at the
2: same life phase. Like obviously, yeah, yeah, God yeah. forbid. But I think it's an interesting topic because I think like, I didn't really know, I didn't really think about it. Then when I got to a position where like, you have to mark your age range on Tinder, you know, yeah. it really yeah. makes you think of like, how young is too young? Because like 18, an 18 year old is a child to me. Like, yeah, I'm not you talking to you. Still a high schooler, like yeah. I I had you have like, nothing uh, important
1: to say if you're 18. <laughs> like,
2: yeah, I had a 20 year old that I knew, like kind of uh come on to me, and it I I stopped it because I was like, this is no, I'm too I'm I'm too old to feel comfortable, and right, it like, yeah, it's like yeah, it's really yeah. just five years, but it's just like we are not at the same life phase. We, I really do think it's life phase though.
1: Yeah, but it's gotta I, be something I think like that.
2: It's kind of like for me, I think I'd feel comfortable like two years, give or take, like higher or lower, I don't care. But there's
1: always like the I think the rule is like it's like minus eight minus your age times two.
2: Something yeah, like that. What I heard was um half your age times it's half eight. your age plus seven was what I was what it told. Is. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So for me, that'd be I'm just gonna round up to twenty six. Right by two plus seven, that's 20, which still feels young for me.
1: Yeah, my, no, mine is extra young because I'm 33. So it'd be like, like let's say 16, 16 plus seven is 23. Yeah. No, absolutely not. Like, <laughs> yeah, in no I think, world.
2: I think that number is kind of to make you feel better about dating a 24 year old. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know? You
1: could, that, that's for you. That's not for anyone yeah. else, but yeah.
2: Yeah. All right, we,
1: I, we're going to have to cut it because we're way yeah. over an hour <laughs> now. <an hour. laughs> I feel bad because like we've really gotten to a meaty thing.
2: This should yeah. just be a thing in a future episode. Maybe we'll come back yeah. to it. Yeah, because I think to wrap all that up real quick, it's like, I I, I feel like I have to be with someone around my age because it sounds yes. too hard not to.
1: Yeah, it sounds nearly impossible. Uh, yeah. You guys will understand when you're older, okay? All yeah. you listeners,
2: trust me. And to... Ding, ding, ding. Diala back quickly. How did we get here? I don't know. This uh, episode started by assaulting Disney characters in costume. <laughs> and Finding out Mulan is a is committed genocide. Lee Shang is bisexual. Todd is asexual. Todd is asexual and the Ace Ventura plot ends in a very <laughs> shocking direction. If
1: you're gonna watch that movie now, just it's it's so funny because the rest of the movie is so, like, just a silly comedy, and then at the end it's like a jump scare. Like, <laughs> if you watch it now.
2: Oh my, I'm, I'm going to, and I wish I didn't look it up. I wish I just went in blind because I would have been shocked to yeah. learn about what happens.
1: It's very shocking. Guys, that's your homework. Watch it before the next episode, Uh unless it's distressing, which it may be, because it's very strange.
2: We'll see you guys next time. If anything, look it up on Google. And yeah, yeah, we'll just see you next time with perhaps a more tasteful topic.
1: Yeah. Bye! How Did We Get Here is produced by Deanna Gowland, Jacob Rabin, and Zach Zeeks.
2: Our theme music is by Garrett Williamson,
1: and our engineer audio producer is Justin Asher.
0: Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So... No, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh... Reeses, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.